Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Join Justin Townsend and the Harvesting Nature crew as they explore the world of cooking wild fish and game while sharing recipes, tips, tricks, and lessons learned from their pursuit of wild food. We sure hope you ate before the show, because you're going to leave hungry. This is the Wild Fish and Game Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to Harvest of Nature's Wild Fishing Game Podcast. you got your host here, Justin Townsend, and uh, pleased to announce that tonight, for your listening pleasure, we are recording a crew chat, but not just any crew chat, crew chat with probably the finest five people Harvest of Nature has to offer, um, and today, we're going to mix it up a little bit. We're not going to talk as much about wild game cooking or wild fish eating but instead we're going to talk about something that's very near and dear to my heart and that is backpacking food and it's near and dear to my heart because i eat it when i'm outside and don't have anything else so um not sure where i was going with that but like we said in our last episode, podcast is just a big tangent, so I decided to go on one and uh, see where it's going to take us. But uh, in all seriousness, we do uh, are going to be talking about backpacking food because I think it's pretty vital to uh, extending your time in the field. And uh, really important, there's a lot of variety out there. We've got some favorites. We've got some not favorites. We've got some uh, good conversation points, I think, coming up. But I'll give you a quick update about myself. Um, got some waterfowl plans this weekend, uh, followed on next weekend by the beginning of Wyoming antelope and elk. So, uh, after that, it's just kind of, uh, all Colorado focused, I think for a little while, but we'll see what's on the horizon. Anyway, I will turn it over to Colin for some updates. Uh, Hey everybody, this is 
gone. Uh, last week I went on a pheasant hunt in, uh, I guess you could call it like central, east central, or no, not east, west central Oregon. Uh, ODFW, they uh, use pen raised pheasants and then release them. Uh, and use like $17 for two rooster pheasant tags. Um, all in all, it was a good time. Went out there with a buddy of mine from work and his two kids and his chocolate lab who he's trying to uh, train up to be a, a retriever um, slash versatile hunting dog. Uh, found some really cool mushrooms. You can see them on our Instagram post, uh, Fly Agaric. They were all over the place. Uh, cannot eat them. Do not eat them, please. In fact, don't eat any mushroom you're not 100 percent positive of what it is we saw that during our is the fly garrick is that the uh the the red and white looking one uh so there's a red and white phase and there's a yellow and white phase and these are the yellow and white ones um i guess they can kind of turn reddish it's like a yellowish red but uh they're not necessarily poisonous but they'll make you see some interesting stuff and probably not the greatest stuff you want to do <laughs> while you're uh walking around with a semi-auto shotgun so <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, they were really cool. The first time I've seen them in the wild. Uh, found a little deadhead, little button buck, deadhead. Uh, took that home. That's now sitting as part of a uh, bookend. And uh, actually got a pheasant too. So uh, we're about six hours into our eight hour day. And uh, we had been walking through fields, blackberry bushes, thorns, everything all day. And finally, we were just walking the roads. And uh, there just happens to be a pheasant right on the side of the road. Walked pretty much right up to it within 15 yards, blasted it. Uh, friend's dog came over, shook it to death, and that was that. And there was another one about 200 yards down the road. <laughs> and uh, he pretty much just walked straight down the middle of the road and shot that one. So we both came, came away with one pheasant. Um, pretty happy with it, uh, especially considering my... Uh, tag soup from the ODFW workshop a few weeks earlier, so I was I was pleased with it. It was a good day. All in all, it was about 10 miles of walking in this little tiny area. Yeah, a lot of fun. And then uh, just today, I uh, was on a hike and found some meadow mushrooms and did a little bit of examination. Again, making sure I was 100% positive. I knew what they were. They are, in fact, meadow mushrooms, uh, which are choice edible, and I'm very excited to eat them. Nice. You want to tell everybody else what else you did today? What other important thing that you ordered? Oh, I ordered the newest uh, Harvesting Nature shirt design, Eat More Invasive Species. Uh, it was a design of my own, uh, uh, my own, not creation, you drew it up, but my own idea. Uh, it has Eat More Invasive Species on the front, and then in a ring around it, it has five different invasive species that we've talked about pretty extensively on the show here. Uh, it's got a feral hog, uh, it's got a Eurasian collar dove, a nutria, an iguana, and a lionfish. And then on the back it says, reduce your carbon hoofprint, uh, which actually, uh, we can trace that back to, no, that was us, but it was with Jesse Griffiths, right? He was, uh... Yep, Jesse Griffiths. We're going to have to send him a shirt just to say thank you. Yeah, yeah, and a couple stickers and a poster and yeah. stuff. There are stickers yeah. and posters available. So, yeah. But the stickers and posters are different than the shirt because they're they're actually like, uh, I took a little playoff. You know, the like, the posted no hunting signs or like the notice like informational signs. 
we we put that as the, as the theme of the sticker but then in the the yellow box of the sign it's got like eat more invasive species and it says by order of harvesting nature reduce your carbon hoof print so fun stuff all right colin anything else no i've got nothing else looking forward to this talk ben over to you what are we doing just what I, what i've been doing i haven't been doing anything i've just been uh working a little bit getting readjusted yeah, yeah. to society yeah i was out for a while so yep it's getting it's getting pretty weird but ben, what, what uh, was the uh the final day tally that you were away without sleeping in your own bed I think it was 18 days. Yeah, that's a long time. 17 or 18? Yeah, it was good. So and you had like a two-day, you had like a two-day break, right? Yeah, I was out for five days and then a two-day break and then five more days and a two-day break and then, or maybe maybe more like three and a half days. It was a little longer, and then then it was like 17 days. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and ask this, and we're gonna talk about it later, but. Uh, Colin asked earlier, like, what was the caffeine goo you were talking about on, on, uh, our last episode? That's episode 410, Elk Make the Plans. It's, uh, just that goo stuff, GU energy gel or whatever. Mm. And then there's Cliff makes some that are like gummies that I like too. I don't know, just to change up the, you know, whatever, just to not eat the exact same thing every single day, but... I feel like Ben, you're definitely like the king of backcountry snack food. Yeah, I got it dialed. I, I got it really dialed. I definitely, I I bummed snacks off of you once, I think once or twice that our last trip. Um, and you're like your bag of snacks. I think it just like it's like Santa's bag. It just keeps pulling like treats out of yeah. it. Yeah. That's what I got. I'm always the food guy. I'm always like it, it, anybody who hangs out with me knows like you, you don't have to worry. You're not gonna be hungry. Like I'm not. <laughs> I've never been the kind of guy who's like, oh, I forgot to eat lunch. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> just eat constantly. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, those are some great updates. So go over to Ryan. Oh, and I'm going out. Sorry, I'm going out bear hunting, and uh, my friend Joel is gonna be there, and he's gonna be doing bear blacktail. Nice. That's this weekend. And then next weekend, am I doing something? No, no, just this weekend. But nice. I got a little lull. Nothing. Blacktail Archery opens up the 20th again of November, so I got, like, a lot. I was, a lot of waiting. I was scoping out Black Bear Tags, so they have, I think, I, I think I've looked at two opportunities now for over-the-counter Black Bear Tags, in addition to the Archery Black Bear Tag that I held and didn't fill. Um, but I think I found a good zone to go for rifle and then I'm going to pick up one. I don't know the success rate of it, Colin, but while we're out on the plains, they do have a plains bear tag. It's like a C tag, which means it's not very good. Um, but I figure like if I go out with like 18 tags in my pocket, I'll probably not shoot anything, but hopefully, (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah, I mean, I've always, hopefully aside from the bear hunt that we did where we were, I mean, it was pretty much the only thing we could go for, but bear has always kind of been like a like a target of opportunity, you can call it. Like if I'm out elk or deer hunting and I see a bear, then it's you know then it's there. But speaking of bear hunts, I'm gonna go over to Ryan and Emily. 
It was your hunt. It wasn't mine. You told me. <laughs> oh, hey, guys. Ryan and Emily. Oh, hey. Hunt. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. I don't think we've both been on since the Bear Hunt podcast. No. No. Um, lot going on. We've, we've kicked off uh, Whitetail Archery here. We've And uh, Arkansas Bear. I went and hunted Arkansas Bear for about eight days unsuccessfully that tag soup was delicious uh had two bears coming in every night they just never came out during the day so i camped very near them um just never happened so and then came back and went straight into our archery whitetail season so we've got two so far um nice. lots, lots of filming been going on we uh, released the twice smoked venison potato video today that's out. is it cheesy it is so cheesy you should watch it <laughs> <laughs> and then we're Seems going to joke. Wyoming next week for Doe Antelope. Yeah. Yes. yeah. we got about six, six days left. Yeah, six days. We're headed to Wyoming for five days, essentially, for two, hopefully, antelope does. We have tags in our pockets, so we've been kind of yeah. ramping up to that first time up there doing that. So kind of a learning curve, getting used to the, the landowner situation and all the public land that's locked behind private land that you can't get to oh man in the school land Ugh. yeah the school land yeah it's it's the, been a learning curve but it's been fun lots of e-scouting and and uh just getting ready finding places to stay or camp and stuff so yeah we're we've been insanely busy i tell you i i i have told you this before but what i love about antelope is like any slice of public land that they can be on whether it's like a half mile by a half mile like piece of land is just like it's money and they can be on there at any moment and like the first antelope i shot was literally people probably drove by this place all day long never even thought about it it was off the side of the road it was a hill and we're like let's go take a look at this hill it was probably probably 500 yards wide and it went back like three quarters of a mile but we went up to the top of the hill got on top came down on the other side and there was a bowl and in this bowl was a herd of a dozen antelope and aj and i shot our first two antelope off that like you would never you would never have thought but it just took with that little bitty slice yeah we got so. excited we found uh, got some intel on some some public land we Booked an Airbnb really close to it, got all excited, and then got even more intel of a landowner that actually um, has some on his property, knows of kind of where an existing herd is, and, but it's like an hour from the Airbnb that we've already booked. But we kept it anyways, just in case we get down there and it's not what it turns out to be, we can always spin around and go somewhere else. So I yeah. think we've got plan A, B, and C. we got some tertiary plans behind the tertiary plan, so I think, Ooh. We'll, I think we'll be okay. I like it. And hopefully you guys wrap up early and come like high five me in Denver and, and grab dinner or do something. Heck yeah. Yeah. Yep. Because uh, we'll, on the way up there, we're going to pass through your neck of the woods at about 1 a.m. So figure you would. Oh, I'll probably be awake. That's prime time, <laughs> prime working time for me. Yeah. But on the way back through, hopefully we'll get it done early and be able to stop in. Yeah, it'd be great. We'll we'll be going up just a few days after you guys are departing, but we're going to be a little south of you, and then we're we're like I mentioned earlier, dual for antelope, kind of our standard antelope spot, which is like the antelope trip for for me is like a good freezer filler. I'm not going to like say it's a guarantee every time, but we we've kind of got it dialed in, and then we're doing that elk cow hunt follow on to that. We've been to the land before; it's state land. 
Um, but we we heard elk bugling in the vicinity of last year, but uh, I've never there were other people there hunting elk at the same time we were hunting mule deer last year. So I feel like it's probably a good sign. They were local to the little town. So uh, we're going to go back there and try, but definitely not as intense as, is the hunt with Ben. We're like motel staying every night, which is, <laughs> uh, you know, going to be good. My bones need a break still. But, um, yeah, other than that, let's, let's roll into some backpacking food, I think. Uh, well, first I want to say uh, two things. We already talked about the shirt. So we got a new shirt, new stickers, new poster. Uh, it's the first poster I think we've ever put out. But I thought it was a cool sign, so I put it out on the website. Um, those are up in the, in the store. Definitely, you know, we support inv- eating invasive species, so that's kind of a given. Uh, so rock those with with pride i'll give a shout out to uh uh jesse griffith and scott lasith for helping like motivate and plant those seeds in our head for definitely uh eating more invasives because you're always doing doing your part so um outside of that make sure you're checking out our cooking classes we're still rolling rolling heavy with the cooking classes this month we've got lined up um actually the day that this is going to release you're going to have a class by Adam Berkelmans where he's going to teach you how to make make a maple whiskey duck pate. So cool thing about all of our recipes that we teach in the Harvesting Nature Supper Club is that you can substitute uh, whatever game you have on hand generally and then also use some domestic meats if you like. Like It's a cool thing just to experience the class. Save that for later because once you buy the class, you get access to the on-demand video forever. So you can go back and play it, you know, your next after your next waterfowl hunt or your next deer hunt where you got a nice heart that you want to cook. Like we have all those resources there. Um, I'm teaching a stock class, uh, how to make a nice smoky uh, roasted bone stock. That'll be good. Uh, I'm going to walk you through about half the process and then the other half of like just the stock cooking itself uh you don't need me for that part so um we'll do that and then uh jeff benda's teaching uh wild game pot stickers or dumplings whatever you want to call them uh teaching how to make those and that's set up to basically use like any ground meat period so you can use pork you can use beef you can use venison you can use ground black bear like whatever Uh, but those will be good uh, that's our lineup for the rest of this month. Uh, we'll definitely have more next month and the next month and the next month. So uh, we'll keep rolling with those. Those are fun. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. 
let me toss this out there and anybody can take a swing at it. Why, why, do, why carry food in the field at all? Why not just go out there and just hunt, not eat, just do it and go home? I get hangry. Yes. People need food. I'm going to go with that one. That's why I was making fun of you about this question. Well, it takes one of the unknowns away, right? It gives you a it gives you a constant that, I mean, at the end of the day, and we'll get into it, but you're going to pack probably your favorite thing. It's, at the end of the day, you know, no matter what happens today, you're going to be able to sit down at some point and refuel yeah. and enjoy some coffee. Right, Ben? Yeah. In the exact moment that you should be enjoying coffee. Yeah, not over it. What? I said I'm not over it. That's okay. Okay, sorry. I mean, during the bear <laughs> during the bear hunt, every time that Justin prepped to make coffee, we ended up seeing a bear on that last day. Well, this was this was opposite. I don't want to go into it. <laughs> okay. This is we have an elk <laughs> bugling. <laughs> we have an elk bugling for literally four hours. And then we're finally like in its zone, and Justin's like, "I need to make coffee right now." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Can we go? For it? Like, can we? All right. Get a little, to to be like, fair, no. but anyway, I, I took my coffee with me on the rest of the trail. So he skipped coffee in the morning for I don't know <laughs> because we heard reason. it. We heard an elk bugle. And you're, and I, but like I had my coffee, so I was like, "You want to have coffee?" He's like, "No, no, no, I'll, I'll wait till we get there." <laughs> we got wait there. Wait to make a shot. We got it. Which now is going to be like, whenever somebody else says that to me, I'm like, "You're going to make that coffee right now. And you're going to drink it, <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to go." <laughs> you're going to make it, you're but that's like okay. It. You're gonna make it now. <laughs> I think I'm just gonna. Okay. I'm just gonna switch to the gels now. Forget it. Yeah. But I'm only gonna eat them at convenient times to me. <laughs> <laughs> Loudly. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah. So I think food extends your time in the field. Is kind of where I was going with that. Um. Also, yeah. I think all you guys hit. It the uh, the nail on the head with that one but um so thinking about extending your time in the field like what what's the what do you think is the basics like what do you really want is it a want versus a need and is there like a time period that you say like all right i'm gonna be out x many hours or x amount of time and um i think i want to bring more than just like a bag of peanuts Unless I'm, like, whitetail hunting, I pretty much have a day's worth of food on me at all times. And then it's just, there's no, like, oh, I'm starving, and now I'm surrounded by elk or whatever, you know. And it's like, well, I'm going back to the truck, you know. I'll, I don't know. But like I said, I'm so wait, what, somebody why who's, is, like, constantly eating. Why is whitetail constantly hungry. Why, why is whitetail hunting different? Because it's shorter, you know, like most of the time, like when I was living on the East Coast, there was a lot of times where I would go out for, you know, in the evening and it's getting later in the fall, so it'd be dark, you know, at, I think by the end of the season, it's dark by like 5.30 or whatever, so it's like, um, you know, just not as important to have a ton of food, but I always have something. Take snacks, though. Yeah, always snacks. I always got snacks. Nice. What do you think, Colin? Yeah, I mean, you need to have food. I think some people go out there 
there's two things I was thinking of when you asked that. Some people go out there with this wild expectation that maybe they'll find their own food, which I think is uh, a little naive. Uh, like if, yeah, that's a horrible if idea. Think they're you gonna shouldn't be, like, do that. Men and they're going to go shoot squirrels and like find berries and stuff. Uh, it's not going to happen. Um, and then the other thing, unless you're really legit. Yeah, unless you're like, Sorry, legit, legit. Uh, which uh, I'm not. Um, <laughs> so, and then the other thing I was thinking of is something that Remy Warren has said before, where for some reason people go out backcountry hunting, they always want to try like these like like new diets, and they'll go out with like you know, straight up health food or whatever, or like health bars or something. And uh, I I kind of I well I definitely agree with his point on that. It's like you don't need to change up your diet. Like he said, he does the Snickers bar stuff. Like he'll just go out there because. Sometimes yep. when you're when you're really pushing yourself, you don't always want to eat like you know whatever whatever kind of health food you might have on with you. Um, sometimes you just want to eat something that you know is good, and a Snickers bar is good and has the calories and stuff that you need to keep moving. So um, that's kind of the other half of that. But yeah, I mean everybody needs food. You need to bring food with you. you know. I think you guys said it in, uh, in episode four ten that. Uh, food and water is going to make up the bulk of your weight for what's in your pack yeah <clears throat> and I, I don't think it's like you can adjust as much as you want to like tents and sleeping bags and you know all the other things insert whatever piece of ultralight camping gear but like when it boils down to food like you have to have some sort of food weight um and I think unless you're planning to like return to the truck or you know return back and resupply at some point, like you have to carry enough for however much time you think you're going to be out. It just makes logical sense to me. I think you just hit it uh, right on the head there, Justin. Like we we always start with that's the first question we ask is what type of hunt is this, right? Is this are we are we packing in or are we coming back every day? Like when I was bear hunting in Arkansas last week. I knew I was, it was a long hike in, but I knew at the end of the day, just because it would get dark early, I was hiking back to the truck and sleeping in a tent right behind the truck. So I had an entire cooler full of anything I could possibly have wanted. Um, and, you know, all the creature comforts at home, right? So um, I think that's a, that's a big question is what type of hunt is it? And that's that's where we always start. We even ask that stuff before we even get to the food like because that judges everything from your food to your, your pack plan to all that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think I think um, as as we changed our our hunting style for antelope, this is the first thing that comes to mind. Is we used to going on in my first years antelope, probably like five years ago. Uh, we would like we'd go out in the morning, we'd take a break in the mid afternoon, then we'd come back out in the evening. It was like your traditional like whitetail hunt, you know, uh, where you were sort of just capitalizing on the beginning and end of the day. Well, we learned later, if you stay out in the field longer, antelope continue to move throughout the day continuously. So now it's like, now on an antelope hunt, I may like, I generally will make oatmeal or have a cliff bar in the hotel room. Then I'm taking a snack for mid-morning, a mountain house for lunch, a snack for mid-afternoon, and then with the plans of not coming back till dark and just staying out in the field all day. Granted... I'm probably at any given moment within two to three miles of the vehicle 
and within you know a 20 30 minute drive to where our hotel or a small town or a gas station or whatever to get food but i can maximize my time in the field during the day by just throwing a, a mountain house in my jet boil in in my my small backpack like it's it's pretty straightforward i think but yeah so um let's dive into a little bit on about the food stuff because i know everybody's got a little a couple little things to to chat about here so when i think a lot of people when we think about backpacking food you definitely think about like either freeze-dried or dehydrated foods uh, there is a subtle difference the, uh, in looking at it, like water retention is probably one of the biggest things. Um, that's, that's about it. And you deal with weight and other things like that. But uh, like the common person's probably not going to have access to a freeze dried, um, a freeze dryer, I guess is what they're formally called in the commercial world. They're but, very expensive. There's not yeah. very many of them <clears throat> available. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, no, no. Yeah, but a dehydrator, like we've got some, we're going to talk about a couple of recipes here of like a couple of different takes on uh, backpacking food and like field food, we can classify it as. And uh, you get dehydrated. And generally, uh, the majority of people, if you make beef jerky, you have a dehydrator. So you can expand that in some ways with some creativity to make some, some dehydrated food. But. What comes to mind when I tell you backpacking food? Like, Ben, what do you think? Most of it, I I was kind of thinking about what Colin was saying earlier. Um, Like, you got to try to eat as close to how you would eat in person. Mm -hmm. But then, like, normally when you're not in the field. um, But then, I don't know. A lot of it is just not good. Like, it's just not good. Um, at this point, I feel like... I've been joking that I feel like I've came full circle where I used to just eat, like, when I was, like, doing this and had no money, like ramen noodles and instant mash, and then just, like, pass out, you know? And that cost, like, 40 cents a meal. And we'd have, like, one day where we'd have Mountain House, you know, because it was, like, all I could afford <clears throat> on, like, a two-week trip. And But now it's, like... I've tried a lot of them, and most of them are just not good. Like, they're, you eat it, and you're like, "Yeah, that was that was not an enjoyable meal for the most part." We're we're gonna we're gonna come back to your your top three, so be thinking about that. But um, uh, I don't know, Colin, what do you think when somebody's like, "Hey, man, I'm gonna go pick up some backpacking food." What comes to mind? Uh, Mountain House is probably the first one that comes to mind, and uh, I mean, again, I'm not going to rip on any of them because they all have good qualities um but it's a very house diplomatic is- response yeah. <laughs> you're working for mountain house now you're you you part of the freeze-dried food lobby yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no um, uh actually so at my local costco they have like giant boxes of mountain house that you can get i can get like a box of like 60 packs of them for whatever the costco price is um, so they're, I mean, they're affordable. They're everywhere. They're affordable. They're like one of the go-to ones. I'd say the, um, the, the level of number of options that you get with mountain house is pretty good. I mean, I think I've each time I get a new box, there's like maybe two or three of the same menu, but there's spread over like 10 different meals. 
Um, I think that's pretty good. But that's like generally what first comes to mind. But then uh, on our bear hunt, I mean, I got to try a bunch of different ones that all of you guys got 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 to bring along. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what comes to mind first is you know like the, the packaged stuff, the dehydrated food. Um, I always grew up with uh, granola and M and M's and like mixed nuts, like we just called it. I think it was called GORP. I forget what the acronym stands for. I think it's like good old reliable peanuts or something. But it's just literally a gallon Ziploc bag full of this stuff, and it'll keep you going forever. It's like trail mix. It's kind of it's like your it's like homemade trail mix. Yeah, it's granola like Quaker granola, and then planters mixed nuts, and then like a big bag of M and M's. Not peanut M and M's. Just straight up M&M's. So fun fact, if you just Google Gorp, the first yep. thing it pops up is Trail Mix. So, yeah, really? So that's what it is, yeah. I don't know why we called it Gorp. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it was a brand issue. Um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like that was like our go-to hiking food whenever we did oh, hikes. Oh, good, ra- good old raisins and peanuts. Oh yeah, that's so what it granola, stands for. The Oxford, Oxford English Dictionary, the, the the Oxford English Dictionary, <laughs> the 1913 reference to the verb gorp, meaning to eat greedily. I'm not uh, making this up. See, I'm a I'm a Webster man through and through, so I don't accept that definition. But uh, <laughs> um, that's like the other half of camping food that comes to mind. But the problem is oh, that oh, wait. It's, it's heavy. Wait, I found one. It says so. Uh, there's a, a 1960s uh, Boy Scout newsletter that claims GORP stands for granola, oatmeal, raisins, and peanuts. That works too. Uh, we we grew up backpacking in Colorado, and we always just brought trail mix and beef jerky when we went. I mean, Ooh. obviously, it wasn't like super long treks that we did. And if it was, then it, we would pack tuna fish sandwiches with us. <laughs> so. That's a good backpacking food. <laughs> People love those little pouches. I don't know her. <laughs> but this is like tuna fish out of the can, like not in a package, like pre-made. Yes. I actually wrote down straight up tuna uh, as something that comes to mind. <laughs> Yes. No, I just think Ben's right fish. though. People like air everywhere. We couldn't figure out why. <laughs> I used to take those on deployments, and I cannot eat those ever again because we would eat them for like days straight. For some reason, we just didn't want to eat Navy ship food. But uh, for, I don't. Who knows why? But uh, we would just eat tuna packs, and they were disgusting. So I can't eat them. Again. And they got right. really creative and started making like really horrible flavors of them. Yeah, like they all taste the same. Lemon pepper tastes exactly the same as like whatever garlic and herb. Yeah, it's they're all the same. <laughs> I hear your opinion. I hate and tuna. I disagree. I can't eat them tuna, anymore. Tuna I hate tuna. I can't eat it. Yeah. The hickory Wait. smoked. Oh. So hickory exactly smoked tuna. Yes. Oh yeah. No way. Dude, it's bomb. It's pretty good. You're missing out. Pretty good. But yeah, I would it agree. Just, beef, beef jerky, uh, trail mix, protein bars, cliff bars. Cliff bars. Yep. We didn't start getting into the freeze-dried meals until we started doing longer uh, hunts away from our area. Yep. 
You can live a long yeah, time I, with bars. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, I don't think I, I had a backpacking meal till I was like out in San Diego, probably like ten years ago. And then that kind of the jet boil, the introduction of the jet boil, like changed my hunting forever. Ben's seen it. I still have the beat up the the original jet boil I bought ten years Yours ago. Looks good. The, the one you had to Yours light with a match. Good, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I have one of those too. Well, no, it has the striker. The striker won't work though. Oh, oh! I have one of these. And, like, I don't know if it's like original ones or whatever, but it, you have it doesn't have a striker. You have to light it with a match. I took that one really? out one time and didn't realize that it didn't have a striker, and so I was sitting there eating cold Mountain House. <laughs> <laughs> it sucked. <laughs> it's legit. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, yeah. I this this is a complaint, and I'll wage my complaint against the jet boil on this. If you you can't buy a starter to replace it, which is just like a little piece that pops in and the wire and the the button, you have to buy the whole base. Which I don't know. I'm. I'm. A, that's how they get you. Yeah, that's it. It's like sixty bucks. Like I paid. I paid probably a hundred bucks for that thing back ten years ago. Like I'm still trying to get my money out of it. <laughs> <laughs> but um. You got another all right. Six years to go. Right. Still, one more mountain house. That's all I need. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Or let's big. talk about. Let's talk about uh, some differences, right? So differences, we've all kind of identified backpacking food in our mind through the evolution of our introduction into the outdoor world, be it beef jerky, be it gorp, be it oatmeal, be it whatever. We've all kind of like, now we live in this space that's occupied by dehydrated and freeze-dried meals and packaged snacks. But... The real question we're here to answer, folks. Lean close to your speaker. Are all backpacking foods created equal? No. (laughs) We all know that there's one brand that reigns supreme. The MRE. (laughs) The MRE. They'll at, outlast all of us. <laughs> yeah. But um, no. So let's toss this up for conversation. I'm not, not going to reach out to each one of you individually. Um, what are we looking at when we're looking for quality, quality, quantity, ingredients? Like, Colin, you had a good breakdown of kind of what you looked at. Yeah. Um, I kind of broke it down into three three categories with kind of a fourth as being not as big of a deal, but still kind of a deal. And those are uh, price, the quality, the number of like menu options, flavor options, and then the amount of space it takes up too. Uh, was space that and what, what was that priority it? order? Uh, no, it's just the categories to match it up against. So you can mm. switch them around. And I, I like gave them like a ra- rating out of 10. Granted, I haven't had, Every single one, but just in like basic research before the show, I looked up some of the stuff about it. Ooh. So it's not like ranked in order or anything. Um, but space and weight goes into that too. Um, but one of the, I mean, price is definitely a factor. You know, if you're buying 
$5 meals versus $15 meals. I mean, if you can, one of them you can buy three of per the price of one. So, you know, it definitely goes into effect with what kind of quality and generally. With any product, I'm, the higher price, <coughs> you're going to get higher quality generally. But, I'm, 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 yeah. I'm like really curious, like the, the space part, I find it really interesting that you put an ad in there because I think a lot of them are almost packaged the same. There, there are two brands that I'm thinking of that are different in space. Um, one of them is actually the MRE. I wasn't joking about that. That one takes up a considerable amount of space. Um, but it also to, provides like five times the amount of calories of any other meal. Agreed. That's why you can field strip them and eat them over several days. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. With I would say with some of the stuff, not with all the stuff that's in it. But yeah, you're more or less correct. Um, and then the other one is Patagonia. So Patagonia doesn't have, they have some like soups and stuff and chilies that are actually phenomenal. And I'll touch on them maybe later. Um, but some of the stuff like their salmon is just like a filet of salmon that's already cooked that you can eat straight out of the bag. But again, it's very heavy uh, and it takes up a pretty decent amount of space for the amount of food that it is. Hmm. Um, so that's kind of what I was thinking. I don't think about. I've seen those. The Patagonia? Oh, yeah. Patagonian provisions. Um, first of all, like at REI, that kind of stores. Yeah, you go on those kind of stores. You go on the Patagonian website, REI. They have them. Um, they have uh, sustainably farmed mussels that are in little cans. Like do you get like canned mussels or canned clams oh, stuff in the store, yeah. uh, which are really good. And then they have the soups and chilies that come in like dehydrated food packages. And then they have uh, salmon, which is usually in a, kind of like an olive oil marinade in a bag. And you can eat that straight out of the bag. You don't even have to heat it up. It's already cooked. See, um, see to me, like, those those things seem like very boutique. Uh, that, that makes sense. Bougie. I mean, a little bit. Yeah, a little bougie. bougie. <laughs> They're more expensive than other stuff. But, again, Patagonia is a company with a long history of supporting sustainable environmental causes what are they um, what do they run on average for entree uh so i'm looking at this right now a package of two wild pink salmons from patagonia is 14 dollars well, it doesn't seem terrible no, no it it's doesn't not it terrible seem- you know but compared to some other ones that are like maybe six dollars or seven dollars you know it's it can make a big difference for some people yeah, they were they were a little pricey. I've looked at them. I think like calorie to price wise, they're definitely up there. But I mean, it's Patagonia, Patagucci, Patagucci. Yeah, yeah. I think you that ever, ever listened to Yvonne Chenard, the founder of Patagonia. Ever listened to him on podcasts? He's been on uh, BHAs. Yeah, he's been on Meat Eater. He's been on a bunch of other ones. Uh, yeah, he's a pretty interesting guy. Oh yeah, total character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You forget he's a, literally a billionaire. Like, yeah. <laughs> Started rock climbing in the eastern Sierras, I think. Like, it was yeah. his jam. 
Rock but um, yeah, it just was like all this gear is trash. I have to make my own. Yeah. Because you're all morons. Like, and then yeah. Just... My uh, I think my dad <laughs> still has one of the original like pre Patagonia uh Chenard backpacks that he still uses from like the 80s or something. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. quality stuff. Anyway, all right. I'm not. So, I'm not here so to that's Patag- who you're working. I'm not here to plug yeah. Patagonia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Patagonia lobbyist in the group. It's <laughs> like I don't want to talk anything bad about Mountain House, but Patagonia is what you need. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Patagonia rep. <laughs> Just trying to keep you all guessing. If you go down to the show notes, you can see the code Colin. 2021 <laughs> for uh 20 percent off all your patagonia <laughs> orders <laughs> no um no but that so that's like the high spectrum i think you hit both of them you hit the mre i don't even know where the mre falls in the world of back mres are about 10 bucks a pop yeah but if we're looking at like caloric to dollar value, like it's still much higher than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I, think I don't know. Ryan, thoughts on MREs? Like- Man, I could honestly, I, I've, I have lived on them for extended periods of time. Uh, I had them for 97 days in a row. Uh, it was my longest Oof. stretch with them. Nothing but MREs. Uh, a lot of jalapeno cheese. No, I'll tell you what, there's a lot of bargaining going on. <laughs> jalapeno cheese. And the mac and cheese as a substitute is fantastic. Yeah. Um, no, I I don't want to say that I, I I'm not you know I'm not burnt out on them. I could I could still eat them um, just because I've I've had to before and they're a good backup. We still have a case of MREs that yep. that are quote unquote field stripped where you know, you take them out of the box and you only take out the necessities that you want and take a piece of electrical tape and rip it around it and then you're not dealing with the giant package anymore. Um, but I still have several of those ready to go. Um, I keep them in my my work car on my adult job, and you know if I need to eat something, it's it's uh, it's a handy on the side of the road in the middle of the night, or if someone's dire need of food, it's a good it's a good uh, thing to give away to them. So I keep them around. I don't I, I don't hate on them too bad. I uh, I still have a case. I think it's been hanging around since Hurricane Katrina. But I can neither confirm nor deny that because I haven't opened the box since then. <laughs> oh, it's still good. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so where where we fall? All right. So what are you thinking? MRE above or below Patagonia? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! In terms of what quality or price? I mean, per let's say, or let's what? say overall. Let's say overall. I'm just gonna start tossing some out there, and we'll just like can you I want to see your uh, reactions. Can you make a Tabasco bomb out of a Patagonia meal? Can you make a milkshake yes. in your mouth with a Patagonia? <laughs> no, you cannot. <laughs> can you do the cracker challenge with a Patagonia? Oh, a lot of man. unanswered questions here. Yeah. So, um, are, I'd say if, if I was going to go into the backcountry, I would take an MRE over Patagonia meals. Ooh. Ooh. I would agree because, only and, because I would only because it's a known for me, right? I know what yeah. I can get by with. I can make that. Yeah. I can make one MRE last an entire day. So there's an, there's another factor it. also is that the heating element in an MRE you don't need like sterile water. So you can find a stream or whatever you can pee in that thing, and you can activate the heating element to and heat. All up you your need food. is a rock or something. 
Right. <laughs> Literally or <laughs> <all> directions. <laughs> a rock yes. or something. I mean, they must have had the Marines in mind when they made the directions for this I thing. promise you they did. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's all you need for it. Whereas for any of these other dehydrated foods, you need, like, generally clean water. And, you know, I wouldn't like, go to any random puddle or stream and just, you know, blindly put water into it. So I'd say I'd have to take an MRE with me. All right, what's another brand? Somebody shout one out. Peak Refuel. All right, that's the only. That's the one I'm all about right now. Uh, kind of in like in line with eating how you normally eat. Um, it's all just ingredients, like normal ingredients. There's not like a ton of chemicals or anything. There's not a ton of sodium in them. Um, they're definitely a little pricier. They're but they're like 13 bucks at a bigger store and like 16 at a smaller one. The cheapest I saw them was at uh, Sportsman's Warehouse in Utah. I think they're a Utah company, but they were like ten bucks there. But they are so good, like. Uh, oh my god, they're so good. <laughs> did you have? Did you have? You guys, those? you guys yeah. did a, re- you guys did a review video, right? I did. I did yep. the. I did Wild Zora. I did Mountain House, and I did Peak Refuel, and I did the. Which one did you the do? Chili, the chili one. See, that's the only one I. I didn't. I just, it just doesn't look good. Like, it's, I, you can't make chili mac. You just take noodles and you take something that's called meat and you just take chili powder yeah. and you dump it on top and you add water uh-uh. and that's what it was. You what? I didn't try that. I would call chili mac in any of these, like, that's a risk. Like, <laughs> you know, like any freeze dried meal chili mac. <laughs> that says chili mac, I just avoid it. But chili I mean, mac is by far the best MRE flavor. MRE yep. Yeah, I've never had an MRE, so I don't know. Here. But, but um, like the the one, it was just like so delightful. They have like a sausage crump, sausage crumble, biscuits and gravy, and it comes with two whole buttermilk biscuits inside. Whole buttermilk. And I like I opened it up and it was like, oh my god. I would like to try. <laughs> it was so good. Line. I tried that too. Are yeah, good? super good. Yeah, really good. Wait, They're what's? All, I guess. Hold on. Wait, what's that one? Chad Mendez was a UFC fighter and a hunter. Yeah, he owns fins yeah, and yeah feathers, no, I know. I, 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 I know. I know who Chad Mendez is, but yeah, uh, what's he, the name of the the? It's, he has like. Uh, let me see. There's three of them, right and one of them's like a bison. One's venison or elk. Yeah, there's bison. Ranch mashers. I had the venison country casserole, which was super good, super good. Hmm. The only I I think I wouldn't complain about it because I feel like I'm when I'm eating these things, I'm doing a ton of miles, and I like like a big meal at night. I don't know if I was out in the summer, like I don't want to have a venison country casserole when it's like yep. ninety degrees. Like and a lot of them are heavy, but in a good way. Um, and then, oh, the there was a coconut chicken curry. Awesome. Like, tasted like something you'd order at a restaurant. Like, you'd be like, if you got it at a restaurant, you'd be like, this is pretty good, you know? <laughs> which um, which I like. But I like those the best right now. I thought now. about giving them a second chance, but... You should. Don't get chilled, chilly back. Oh, and I've had the granola. The strawberry granola too is awesome. It's really good. Ooh. But I feel like that's an easy. That's an easy. I one. feel like I feel like you guys should do a review part two. Yeah, yeah, we've been talking about that actually. 
But I definitely think, like, what I do, I just do a mix. Like, I kind of have, like, at least one favorite in every brand. And then some are just, like, cheap. Like, I can't spend $14 on all these when I'm out, like, literally 40 days a year. You know, like, there's a... Oh, what? Of the Alpine Air. I was about to say, make, what like, was the risotto one? The ris- I think that was Alpine Air. Don't that was don't don't put rice in a bag and call it risotto. That's what that was. <laughs> Let me see if I could figure out. But that's kind of like that's kind of like what Colin was saying too, with like what Remy Warren was saying. Like you want to like kind of you don't want to just try like totally random stuff that you would never eat. And there's some meals that are just, like, you're just asking to be let down. Like, I, I remember picking it out in the store and be like, ooh, that was good. And then, like, as soon as I opened it up, I was like, of course this is going to be terrible. It's, it's not going to be risotto. It's freeze-dried. I got, And it was, like, $7. <laughs> I got I, – I, I went off my norm uh, when I was out with Ben, and I bought a bunch of the – what was it? Backpackers Pantry? Is that what I bought? Oh, that's what that's what the risotto was. It was I Backpackers bought Backpackers Pantry, Pantry I'm looking at it right now. which – I'll give him credit. The Colorado company, like most of it was good. I think a little heavy on pepper. Um, I put them in the middle of the road. Yeah. As far as freeze dry. They're they're the only one I think that I got through like halfway through the meal. And I was like, I don't need to finish the rest of this. Like I could just do one (laughs) serving. I'm okay. Like not because I was full. Just, I was like, I had a pork, pork pad thai. I like pad thai. Like I think, a lot of people can agree they like pad thai. I was like, "Bah, okay. I think I'm. O- I don't need to finish the entire bag. Like, I could have fed that one to the bears or the elk." And- I had when I went to Montana with my dad. We bought a whole bunch, and there was like a red flags everywhere. There was a company that was like marked down because they were defunct. Right, and I'm like, "Oh, this is great. They're like organic, you know, just like all those kind of boxes or whatever." They were the saddest looking freeze dried meals I've ever seen, and they tasted like dog food. <laughs> just like every single, like every single one was just like slightly flavored. It looked like dog food. It was like they were the only ones where that I'm like, I was like, I can't, we can't eat these. Like I don't know what we're <laughs> we need to get more because these are just so bad. Purina's uh, human line. Uh-huh. It it seemed like it like they got they got whatever the Perina, you know, factory left on the floor <laughs> and then discounted it, <laughs> put it in a bag. I'll, uh, I'll toss one out there, and this is one that I will send you five dollars if you've heard of it. Gastronome. Bless you. I think I have heard of that because only because you've told me about it before, but yeah, that doesn't yeah. really count. So Gastronome, they were up yeah, at the the BHA Rendezvous. They only have, let's see, I'm on their website now, one, two, three, four, five. Uh, so they got chicken curry, sausage rigatoni, chicken pozole, braised chicken, and mushroom ragu farfalle. I probably didn't say that right, but uh, they only have like five flavors. Montana based. I had their uh, their sausage rigatoni. Really, really, really good. You guys know I'm a fan of Mountain House. I would rank this above Mountain House. I just said I just still hands down everything that we went through. I did a bunch of research, but like Wild Zora, I know that it's not a very well known company either. It's actually based in Loveland, Colorado, and 
Well, that's I, in my neck of the woods. It is in your neck of the woods. It is actually pretty high calorie for a single serving, like a mountain house meal for a single mm-hmm. serving is around 310. These are around like 400 or 500. Like they have a, a bedrock beef chili that is like 540 calories, lower sodium, just all, you know, whole ingredients. And the protein in them is really high. It's about the highest protein that I found. How was the fiber? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. How was the you fiber? Have <laughs> a lot of fiber in it. Fiber content in some of these meals is absolutely something we should talk about because I did like there are some that are insane with the fiber, and I think that's that will mess you up more than the sodium. You know, like there was a couple that I bought last year. That were like some rice, organic rice bowl, whatever, and and there was no meat in them. So I was like, oh, cool. They were like a little bit cheaper, and they were like, they destroyed the one. Uh, they just destroyed my stomach for like days, which is like not what you want. And we had to cut obviously. that short that one day because she had a fiber issue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like, I feel like I feel like everyone's looking at the sodium. Like everyone's always like, "Oh, there's so much." Sodium. You really need to be looking at the fiber because it like you didn't cut it short. How much? How much? Uh, uh, I want to see. <laughs> so like, do they have their do they have their nutritional facts on their website? Let's see. Yes. I will say that in the meantime, while Justin's looking that up, the. I forget which flavor it was, but you guys let me try one of the Wild Zora ones during the bear mm-hmm. hunt, and that was fantastic. Um, I want to say it was like some kind of curry or something, but... Yeah, yeah wow, we did have a couple of curry ones, and they were really good. Wow, Caldera was... chicken curry? It Maybe. Was, I think it was one of the AIP. And that's another thing with this Wild Zora. She does paleo and AIP, which is good, I think. What's AIP? What's AIP? Autoimmune protocol. Oh, okay. Oh, I don't know what that is. So, like, if you have a bad autoimmune disorder, there's a lot of stuff that you can't eat or shouldn't eat. Ooh, and, uh, 10 grams of fiber in the chicken caldera. Yeah, uh, it was good. It tasted delicious. I didn't feel like it was overly salty. No, because huh. it, it's not like Mountain House and it has lower sodium. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, I kind of yeah. factored the sodium content into the quality of things that I rated. Um, yeah, like I understand that sodium is important in the field, but I figure you can add that. I don't want that a thousand calories in my food. Or the 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 butte. I do butte <laughs> cacao butte cacao banana. Yeah. Has uh, 14 grams of fiber in it. That's 57 percent of your daily recommended value. No, dude, dude, the ones that I'm talking about, and I, I should have wrote them down. They had what I, I don't remember the grams, but it was like 160 percent of your daily value in one meal. No, don't, don't do don't, it. Don't fall for it. <laughs> it might have been. Now that I'm thinking of it, it's like. I think I blocked a lot of it out, but it was something like Cuban banana, rice, and beans or something. I don't know. Oh, that sounds know, good, though. That's pretty good. It, no. Traumatized. Cuban. <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah, that's, but it was bad. Really bad. All right. That's top three. Let's do it. 
Mm, whoever. Go ahead. You want to... Well... Oh, wait. I want to just mention there's, like, the middle-of-the-road ones. Yes. There's, like, some gems in there. Like, I, I don't know why. The Alpine Air Forever Mac and Cheese, it's, like, $5. It's probably one of the cheapest ones. And it's just, it's just good. It's just, like, low-quality mac and cheese. But it hits the spot every once in a while. Yeah, I had... And for 5 bucks. I had Alpine Air listed, and I wanted to see if anybody had had it yet, and I because I haven't. Yeah, I've eaten a bunch of them. It's it's probably I don't know a little. I think it had an enchilada one. They're they're not great. They're like filler in my kind of like kit or whatever you want to call it. Like I'll buy a few of those because they're they're so cheap. Forever forever young mac and cheese. Yeah, it's terrible. I mean, like, if you look at the ingredient, like, if you look at all the other criteria that we were just talking about, it's terrible. But it's, <laughs> it's just tastes good. It's just Why is like it forever young. Forever young. I don't know. Because yeah, I know. Because it's mac and cheese. It's just it's just mac and cheese. I think there's like peas and <laughs> carrots in there. That's it. They're pretty. I mean, they're good middle of the road. I was gonna say that I would put the good to go in the middle of the road. Yeah, I don't know good. Also, to, I don't know good to go. I good they to go try before. to be. They try to be bougie, and it just doesn't work. But they're like made. I'm looking at the packaging. It's like made in Maine, and they have like all these different options. Well, and anything's good. Blah 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 blah. blah, blah. Uh, exactly. I have had. The, you know what they sell the You've good. Seen the they packaging. sell the good to go. At the exchange a, here. I had a Thai chicken curry good to go a few years ago. Oh yeah, it was pretty good. I was pleased. I was pleased with it. it. wasn't too expensive, not too salty. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm coming to find that curries are like a safe. They're a pretty safe bet. Yeah. Like they are all pretty good. Like they, you know what I mean. Whatever brand you're like. You think the opposite the that you're gonna be exactly. spending the whole day like squatting over a rock or something, but. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, and I'd never get spicy ones. I don't know why. Like, you don't want spicy. I had a couple that were like so spicy, and I was like, why would I want this? Like, why would like I I have to climb down a thousand feet to get water, and I'm gonna drink like four liters of water while I'm eating this horrible, <laughs> insanely spicy meal? Like, that's ter a terrible idea. I don't know. Like, oh, Ben, no. Maybe this. Maybe this one's it. Maybe this one's it. So this is the good to go. It is the it uh, good to go. Cuban rice bowl. That could be it. It's got how much fiber is in there? Nineteen grams. Sixty-eight percent of your daily value. And that's for one serving, right? No, that's for the, well the whole bag. No, it was worse than that. <laughs> but this this is black that. beans, plantain, rice with garlic crema sauce. Oh, man. Maybe that wasn't it. I don't know. One of them was well... I've had several that were well over 100, and I I, I did it twice, and I'll never do it again. <laughs> <laughs> was the like, second time just a test? <laughs> well, yeah. Like, I was like... <laughs> well, I was like, uh, you know, I got a bunch of these. Maybe it was just a one-time thing. Maybe, me, Maybe I you. was a little sick. No, was <laughs> yeah, and I was like... Yeah, exactly. And I was like, no, nah, it, was, it was definitely you. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's do a quick. So we middle of the road. Uh, I, I put Mountain House middle of the road. I'm just gonna say it. Well, it's like probably still... available. It actually tastes yeah. good, even though I don't like the ingredients list. But yeah, and yeah, that's middle of the road. The lasagna. 
Lasagna is good. Stroganoff. I'm a beef stroganoff guy. Like, oh, that one's you know so good. And, and an underrated package of theirs is the granola and blueberries breakfast. Um, nope. No? You don't like it? No. Oh, man. No. So it's not underrated. Stuff. It's... It's it is under no. It's it's, it's <laughs> shit. <laughs> Sorry. Just broke Justin. Beep. <laughs> Sorry. Justin just, he just got Tourette's just now. <laughs> yeah. No, not a fan at all. Really? Oh man, I'm a huge you can, fan. When you come here, you can have all the one that I've collected inside my food bin that I yeah. refuse to eat. I'll take them home uh, when I come out there in November. Um, yep. Yeah, you don't need hot water for it. You just pour in cold water for it. You don't need to heat anything up. It's delicious. Uh, it's a good like you know breakfast grains to get those carbs going. One thing I wanted to add, and it's something to consider. There's a company. Oh, I'm gonna pull it up because they're like in Kickstarter status too. Oh no, what was it called? But basically, they they do shakes that are like dinner replacements so it's just add water they're a little lighter and then i don't know if i can handle it because i like having a warm cup of coffee and warm food at night but then you wouldn't have to carry a stove at all which is something to consider if you're trying to it would be good for save a short, like any a weight. quick hunt you know like a day hunt yeah. or something they're like 800 plus calorie shakes that are designed to be like a full meal replacement i can't Huh. I can't find him, of course. I he- I heard one guy on one podcast just like was like, yep, yeah, just drink coffee cold, and just left it at home, and never went back. I mean, I can appreciate drinking coffee cold like sometimes, but yeah, when it's like miserable though in the morning, and you're like, oh no, I want like a nice warm cup of coffee. But if it's like hot, hot, like I could drink, I could drink like. What would be a pseudo iced coffee? Mm, no, I'd rather chew on the coffee beans. You could do that too. I mean, they they have those chocolate covered coffee beans. Oh man! All right. What's the oddest thing you've ever seen anybody take in the backcountry for food? Tuna fish sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> this one. So I went with a uh, a friend of mine with this dude uh, who basically guided us for free, um, Zumwalt Guiding on uh, Instagram. Super cool dude, but all I saw him eat was a block of cheese. <laughs> like, the, like, for two and a, like for two and a half days, all I saw this man eat. And he just had, like it's, it wasn't even like sliced or like anything, he just oh, was like, yeah, just like, and not cutting it in any way, just chewing on it. And, like, I was like, are you just eating cheese, like, this whole time? He's like, yeah, it's kind of all I bring. <laughs> He's going to have fat problems, too. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of calories, a lot of fat in there. Decent amount of protein, Yeah, just right? straight, just right to it. Zero, and then zero fiber. For boots. <laughs> yeah. it just- and then he wears those, like, knee-high, extra-tough, like, neoprene boots. And we're, like, hiking some rugged stuff. And he's fat, eating cheese. All right. Goals. Yeah, I don't think I can top that. <laughs> I don't know. A tuna fish sandwich is pretty close. 
Um, we found a ton of where I was hunting in Eastern Oregon. There was a definite like sardine. Yeah, I was about to say. Just, I have friends that just take like Kansas sardines and crackers. Calling you who I'm talking about. Ugh. Or Vienna weenies or however you say it. He's, he's been on Vienna he's Vienna been on the podcast Vienna in the beginnings. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, I think it's awesome though, because he's just like we were on the boat one day, we've been like spearfishing for probably five and a half, six hours, and he's just like Hey man, want some sardines? And I'm like, No. <laughs> it's hot. I'm tired. The yeah. last thing I want to eat is like sardines he's like all right cool i found them in my dive bag so they're a little rusty but whatever <laughs> like pops them open and starts eating them I, like, yes. I really don't want a salty tiny fish mm-hmm. on a hot boat <laughs> when i've been salty yeah. <laughs> rolling around in the water my idea of fun Mm-mm. give me a margarita Ooh, that's good backpacking food you bring a shaker with you? you bring- Colin's got blenders on our next trip. Did you guys bring my cocktail shaker too. next time? <laughs> Wait, I, oh man, I need, I need to remember. Uh, I need to remember the. So back in the day, back in the very infancy of harvesting nature, there was a beer company. They may still be around. Let me look real quick. I don't think they are. Oh, they are. Pat's Backcountry Beverages. If you look them up, uh, they essentially had, if you think about, like, the goop that is, like, the caffeine goop, you take that goop, you mix it in with water, and they had this special canister. It was, like, looked like a water bottle that you put some tabs in that caused carbonation, and it would, you could literally make beer in the backcountry with just like your regular water and all you had to carry on you were these like little gel tabs of the beer which had like ale pale ale ipa like all these other things and then you could make it and it was super lightweight versus carrying like a six pack but i I think i still i I still think i have i have some of these still for the kit are they still around yeah yeah i just found them on uh well, this is an article from 2014 from outside, but they're on Amazon. You can get the uh, the 1919 Pale Rail or the Black, yeah. the Black Hops. It's a brew concentrate. That's pretty cool. So my only concern, like the one time I took him out with me, and I took him out and I did some photos for him and I sent them back to him. I was up at like 9,000 feet. Uh, we had hiked up there to hunt in the eastern Sierras, and I took this with me and like – on our down day, I was like, ah, I'm going to try one of these. And I was like, I wonder if, like, alcohol induces altitude sickness or, like, all these other things. And it started going through my head. And it's just like, I was like, whew. I don't know. This sounds like a really good idea. But I don't know, like, how far in the backcountry I want to be, like, sipping these beers. Uh, I think it does. I think, like, that's, like, a big rule. Yeah. Like, if you should not be drinking. You probably just get really drunk really fast, honestly. Yeah, yeah I mean that's that is true Eddie. as well. That was the other thing. Don't tell me how to hold but, my uh, life, <laughs> <laughs> This might be seen as tips for somebody. Yeah. So I was like, all I gotta do, I will wherever that pass is in Colorado. That's like twelve thousand feet. Right. Park it up there. I'm good. Two beers, <laughs> then you're good. You're wasted. Yeah. So 
anyway, uh, Pat's backcountry beverages. That was a thing. I, I guess it's still a thing. I don't know. Uh, we looked I mean, at the website and it's not active anymore. So, well, I still have some. I still have them. I think. Why did you not bring them to Oregon? Because they're at, like the bottom of my food bin. I don't even know if they're in the food bin. Right then, weren't you? Yeah. 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 You're forgiven. So, well, when you guys stop in in, on your way back from Antelope Hunt, I'll I'll give you guys some. You can have them. (laughs) They're only seven years old, so no big deal. I'm sure sure it's still good. (laughs) Yeah. All right, we've digressed very much. So uh, let's let's move in. All right, let's do top three. We're gonna hit a couple recipes and then close out. So, um, top three. We'll just, whoever wants to go first, shout them out. I'll go. Uh, I'm going to start off, I'm going to hit Patagonia because of their sustainable environmental devotion, devotion to their sustainable mm. environmental cause, uh, and they also have really good food. I love their mussels, and their salmon is really good, and all the chili and soups that come in there are fantastic. The downside is that they're a little bit pricey and they can get a little bit heavy to carry in. Um, but loyal fan. Uh, Wild Zora, just based on what Emily and Ryan showed me, because uh, that was delicious. Uh, wasn't salty. Didn't feel like I had like a salt hangover afterwards. Um, really good. Definitely be looking to buy some here in the future. And then uh, good to go. I think it's a modestly priced. It's good quality. It's not too salty doesn't take up any more space than any other dehydrated foods and they got a pretty healthy list of options those are my three all right next whoever shout it out i'm just all in with peak refuel right now i like a couple other ones i guess as i'm looking at the website i wish they had some more flavors but i, I don't think they've been around for particularly long so I, I'm sure they will have more flavors, but yeah. And then find I guess like uh, two and three would just be like finding the little cheap gems. Uh, Mountain House lasagna is always going to be on the list. Mm-hmm. I guess the best cheap one is that Forever Forever Young for five ninety five. I know. And then you get the song stuck in your head yeah. for three days when you're in the backcountry. <laughs> it's great. I'll be, the, um, I'll be the outlier. I'm going to go number one MREs just because ooh. I have a ton of experience with them and I know how to mix and match and kind of make my own recipes out of them. Um, and not uh, they come with the heater. Um, they come with Tabasco. They answer just so much to them. Um, and then I'm going to go probably Wild Zora second. I love their breakfast stuff, and I'm not a breakfast guy, but I'll eat their breakfast stuff every day. And then the, the stuff that we brought to Oregon for the, the lunch and the dinners were, were fantastic. I think, I mean, we had six or seven different recipes. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed every one of them. And then I'll go probably Mountain House last. Ooh, but it made the list. It did make the list. <clears throat> Only because Ooh. we haven't tried Patagonia yet. Yeah. Ooh. All right. Patagucci okay. needs to be tried. Because I actually still yeah. have Colin the black bean soup that you gave me. I still yeah. have it. I haven't ate it yet because I'm like oh, okay. It for emergency uh, situations. If you want to, if you want to make it, make half of it because one time I made one of the entire grain packages and I, I couldn't finish it. It's very filling. Is so, it? Yeah, it looks like there's a lot in there. 
Yeah, it's there's a lot, a lot in there. It's definitely another, like for is two. Another fiber issue I'm gonna have. <laughs> you, you might have. A, you might have another fiber issue. <laughs> Let's see what the fiber context stand by. Uh, the whole Ryan, package is 25 grams, so 13 grams. Yeah, Ryan, I wanted to add to your MRE thing. Some of them have caffeine gum in them as well, which kind of goes yep. back to our caffeine discussion before. It's just Ooh, you gotta kind of play the lottery with them follow, sometimes. Follow fails, you can just dip the coffee too, the coffee grounds, if you don't have water. Yeah, yeah, just put put a whole bear claw of those coffee grounds. <laughs> You'll be good to go. <laughs> so much room for opportunity. It's a there. gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> Done that before. <laughs> All right, wait. Uh, all right, I'll go with mine. So I got naturally the top of my list, Mountain House, because. I like it. It makes me happy. Um, I'll go number two, Gastronome. So I know you guys haven't had that compare. Think about it, but I was pretty impressed uh, both by the food and by their, like, just their organization, their little crew that uh, uh, we interacted with it at BHA Rendezvous. This question, and is then, uh, your logo like a steampunk type of type of thing? I feel like it should be with a name like Gastronome. Like no, it's like a, it's a gnome. It's a gnome. It's a steampunk gnome? <laughs> no, it's like a gnome carrying a giant wooden spoon. Yeah. It's cute. I like it. <laughs> but anyway, uh and then I'll I'll throw in my number three uh I'll go with Wild Zora. Why not? I tasted some of the foods. It's pretty good. I like I like local uh they're local to my hood and uh their foods sound great and taste pretty good. And yeah, I, I like the fact they don't have a lot of sodium. <clears throat> well, what what we since we're gonna do another freeze dried meal comparison, y'all's number one picks from whatever brand. Let us know. I'll buy them and I'll do a review on them. Ooh, do we get to do flavors? Flavors too? How you mean? Like we get to pick our favorite brand and our favorite flavor of the brand. Yes. I'm gonna crush all of you with MREs. <laughs> <laughs> doing the review not you <laughs> yes your your number one like it doesn't matter brand and flavor and recipe all right so i put number one is mountain house ryan's got mre is number one ben has peak refuel um uh, colin has patagonia emily what what are your top three well i mean i kind of agreed with ryan but if i'm gonna i kind of agreed with ryan if i'm gonna do this review though i'm just gonna pick a random outlier of something that I've never tried before, but yeah, I think risotto. <laughs> it's supposed to be good. <laughs> so the forever young mac and cheese, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think it's good. All right. I like it. I got it down. So, and then your other two, you're going to go MRE and Wild Zora. Obviously well, I'm gonna not. I'm going to do Mountain Wild Zora in front of Ryan's MRE. Oh, domestic. What's your number three? Uh, it would, I guess, probably let's go with Peak Refuel just because Ben has me convinced that I picked the most worst yeah, you, <laughs> recipe that they had to try. Yeah, you did. I, I do want to pull another Peak Refuel re- recipe and try it. Which one? So, ben, I mean, that's Ben's one? number one. So, the chili. 
Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I had the, I had chili mac. Yeah, because I tried to get three of like similar recipes from the different companies, so I just did chili because almost everybody makes a chili. So I did the Mountain House. I don't think Mountain. Uh, it's a good comparison to all that. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um. All right. Let's talk about. So I had three recipes I wanted to run through real quick. We just. I, I don't want to take too too long to do it, but. Um, the first one's my own, uh, the recipes, they're the tinfoil meals. That's not really a backpacking food. I consider that of like a day hunt or a day fish or like an opportunity where you're going to like be out and then come back and be too tired to like cook your own food. So you just kind of prep everything ahead of time and throw it in a tinfoil pack and then either put it in the campfire, the oven or on the grill and just let it cook. So those are really good. Uh, I used to like to do those, and I would even just do them with veggies and stuff. And then if I was out spearfishing, I would bring whatever fish back, and I would cut it up, and I would put it in there. So it definitely saved me. The lemon pepper seafood one was pretty good. Um, the Saskatchewan venison steak, that was pretty good too. Actually, I like all of them because I, I wrote them, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to sell you on bad recipes. Uh, another one we have is this one goes back to 2016 over on the Harvesting Nature website. Anyway, so that the tinfoil packs, that's in the show notes. Uh, we'll have a link to the website, which has all those in there. Uh, three recipes in one article, so you don't have to click around. The other one, do-it-yourself backcountry dehydrated meals. So this plays into what I was talking about earlier with like uh, dehydrated versus freeze-dried Almost everything we've talked about thus far has been freeze-dried. I mean, yeah, freeze-dried, not dehydrated, which is interesting. Um, If you wanted to do meals yourself, uh, this article kind of goes through the prep to cook, uh, dehydrate, and vacuum seal your own meals. So... I think the just want to interject. Good to goes are dehydrated. Are they? I just yeah, just check. Oh, it's good to know. So that means they have a higher. They still have a higher moisture content than uh than the freeze dried meals. They say generally like freeze dried meals will reduce or will remove ninety eight percent of the moisture out of food and uh, because freeze dried. Yeah, but dehydrated is taking the moisture out Mm -hmm. of it yep freeze dried will take out 90 percent. i'm pretty sure and dehydrated will only take 80 Hmm. let's see somebody somebody wants to look it up look up dehydrated versus uh versus freeze dried it was on there i forgot to put the article on uh on the show notes but um the recipe that we have for the dehydrated meals, DIY dehydrated meals, DIY dehydrated meals, spaghetti squash. It's got ground venison, marinara sauce, mushrooms, zucchini. Uh, they basically bake. Looks like you bake everything, and then you spread out the cooked mixture onto lined dehydrator trays. Uh, set the dehydrator to 140 and cook for 20 to 24 hours moving your trays around um looks like they did 4.8 ounce um, 4.8 ounces uh for one serving and then you vacuum seal and label and date 
That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Anyway, uh, on top of that, too, Danielle Pruitt did an article over at Meat Eater a while back um, on, Ryan, you'll like this, dehydrated venison taco bowls. Oh, yeah. I already like it. Yep. It looks pretty good. Um, so that one's like ground venison, onion, bell pepper, breadcrumbs, all this other stuff, instant rice, bouillon, granules, oxygen absorbers. I'm guessing that's for your the actual like uh, bag itself. So. Yeah, I think there's other like little uh, absorbers recently. Silica gel, right? Like, yeah, it's the ones you're not supposed to eat. Yeah, so you do not eat all over them. Yeah. That's what comes in all the wild zora stuff. Yeah. Oxygen absorber. Yeah. Yeah, they're in, they're yeah, in yeah. most dehydrated food packs. I remember. In fact, I I actually so anyway, I save them and then I I'll put them in jars with uh like dehydrated mushrooms or jerky uh-huh. and stuff that I make and I'll just throw them in there too. Just uh, makes sense. Keep them in there. Ooh, that's too. a hot tip. Hot tip. Yeah. Keep those little packs. We used to put like grains of rice in our salt shakers to keep them from like caking up. Yeah, I've heard. I've seen that too. Heard and yeah. seen that. Um. Yeah. No. This is same concept. Like cook to cook and then dehydrate, or yeah, dehydrate for this is four to six hours. Flip it and then do it uh, again. So. Uh, yeah, try and that. Then we have, we have a really one. we have ones really nice. The made with meat dehydrators we need to put to. Oh yeah. To use. This would be a good test. I feel a recipe in the air. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Nice. Uh, okay. Dehydrating food eliminates approximately 95% of its moisture content. Okay. So I was backwards. And no. not necessarily. E- foods that have been freeze dried have had up to 99% of their moisture content removed. Yeah. So freeze dried yeah, does take out. We're looking at the same article, yeah. The survival it's solvent. Very, <laughs> it's very close. Yeah. So, very close. Freeze-dried takes out more than dehydrating, though. But, but not by much. Not by much. Yeah. So, in all reality, if we thought about it, you could, like, you could potentially, if you had the patient skills and ability, you could uh, you could prepare just about any meal in, in some sort of manner and with the forethought that you're going to dehydrate it. The difference you're is gonna be probably that freeze drying ovens cost considerably more than a dehydrator. Oh yeah. yeah three grand yeah. versus So if you want to save that four percent in moisture retention for I mean almost nine eighteen hundred dollars to forty three hundred dollars more, and yeah, go for it. But Huh. That's a good thought though, but I would also say to you like you can't you can't do this with like any run of the mill dehydrator. Like you need to get something that you can set the temperature to and you can like safely cuz then you start getting into those whole food safety discussions and all those other things like huh. Now like my mind's churning with whether or not I can make really good backpacking food of my own. I'm going off gr- I'm going off grid guys. I looked at buying a freeze dryer f- right before we went to Oregon because I was like, these meals are so expensive, I can just make our own. And then I looked at how expensive it was. But it would make sense that if you were, like, big time into prepping or you were going to be doing this a lot like Ben does, like save up and buy one and then 
you can make all your meals and freeze dry them and essentially turns into exactly what you made. Whole thing of lasagna. Just add some water to it and you got your lasagna back. Maybe maybe I can uh, make the company finance one for uh, me. Since yeah. it's uh just write it off. <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll no, work I, on that. I, yeah. But I've been meaning to try just dehydrating my own. I just never got around to it. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right, let's uh, let's do a quick round then. Uh, Misfires, alibis, last notes. I'll go with Ben. I got nothing. All right, Emily. I got nothing. Ryan. I have something. Marcus. Yes. My goodness. Um, nope. Uh, videos are starting to roll out. We've been stu- we've been doing a ton of filming, and um, so those are those are rolling out here pretty quick. And um, st- stay tuned for the uh, review video that you guys were talking about of the freeze dried meal comparison showdown part. Do do part do. Um, we'll get that knocked out here pretty quick. And yeah, pass pass to Colin. Yeah, I don't have much else to cover other than what we already talked about. Um, I have a running shopping cart going on both REI and Amazon right now. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> I'm hit submit right after this. But, uh, yeah, I think it was a good talk. Covered a, covered a lot of ground that's uh, not really well talked about in terms of backcountry hunting, camping experience. Yeah. I think it's it's not as conversed about in the hunting space. I think I feel like backpackers just like soul, hey, we're gonna go out and just hike around for funsies. Like I feel like that's a, a more of a conversation whereas hunters oftentimes we get hunters and anglers, I won't lump us lump us into silos, but uh we have to get very one track on the mission and, and food, even though that's our primary focus and usually the the ends of our means uh we usually throw that by the wayside it's easy to grab a mountain house and a snickers bar and some instant coffee and go to the field so yeah i hope everybody took it and oh my gosh i forgot to open with this we just joined a podcast network uh we're now officially a member of the waypoint i think waypoint podcast network uh about 60 other podcasts on here we're, we're the only food focused one uh they have a lot of hunting and fishing and outdoors related stuff but you're listening to the only food one uh which is great so and also antler and finn our uh our wild game audio cookbook is on there as well and that is we're going to be updating that i think what we're going to do is the opposite weeks that we, re- we release the adventures for foods we're going to release a new uh a new antler and fin recipe so stay tuned for that make sure you're subscribed to both uh they're on all the podcast platforms both the wild fishing game and uh antler and fin you can find them both the same place just hit that search button type them in um outside of that i thought a really great episode i really enjoyed talking about all the different dehydrated and freeze-dried foods uh i think there's a lot to learn in this space there's a lot of people trying to do good things there's a lot of people just doing things and there's a lot of people eating things and uh wherever you fit in that sphere uh think about what you're shoveling into your face when you're out in the backcountry, and you'll you'll probably enjoy your time a little more 
But uh, I will encourage you, make sure you're following The Way We Hunt over on social media. Make sure you're following Harvest in Nature, checking out all the great things that we're doing. And uh, whatever podcast platform you're listening to, punch that five-star button. Leave us a review. Tell us what we're doing wrong. Or, you know, tell us what we're doing right. We'd love to hear it. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! Oh! Look at that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.